You're listening to Simply Disciples, a discipleship podcast designed to help Deer Creek Church think and act faithfully in a changing world. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Simply Disciples, a discipleship podcast designed to help Deer Creek Church think and act faithfully in a changing world. My name is Daniel. And as Christians, we believe that the final and ultimate source of all our beliefs is Scripture. We believe God has revealed Himself in Scripture. And maybe one of the most crucial teachings of the Bible about God is that He is Trinity. One God in three eternal persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Mike Horton, who's an author, a professor, and uh, just general figurehead, once said, Over against the polytheistic religions of Israel's neighbors, the first presupposition of the Bible is that there is one God. God said, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. There are not many gods. There is one God, the Lord God, the God who made everything, the God of the Bible. Paul said as much in the book of Acts, confronted with the many gods of Athens. Paul says there is only one true God, the God who made the world and everything in it. He himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. In fact, in him we live and move and have our being. There is only one God. So Horton asks, how did it come to be that the first Christians began to worship Jesus of Nazareth and the Holy Spirit as God? How is it that one of the earliest Christian creeds begins with the affirmation, we believe in one God, and then goes on to speak about the Father as God, the Son as God, and the Holy Spirit as God. He's referring there to the Nicene Creed. And that's always been what Christians believe as well. Christians have always believed these things. Three is three persons in one God. They're not three gods, there's one God. And this God is three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So today, we'll be looking deeper into the Trinity. And joining me uh, today are going to be Aaron Ellis and Tim Rehnquist. Guys, the Trinity is maybe the most misunderstood teaching of Scripture. Um, So to start, maybe it'd be helpful to ask, what is the Trinity? Well, this is somewhere that I think that creeds and confessions really shine. This is where they become very, very helpful. And so I want to draw our attention to the Westminster Shorter Catechism. Question six, and listen to the answer. It says, there are three persons in the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. These three are one God, the same in substance and equal in power and glory. So here what you see, you see three very important things. There is one God. There's not three gods. There's not four gods, five or six. No, there is one God. And this one God has eternally existed in three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They are of the same substance. And third, these three persons are equal in every respect. They are equal in power and glory. The Father doesn't deserve more glory and worship than the Son. The Son doesn't have more power than the Holy Spirit. No, all three persons of the Trinity are equal in power and in glory. Yeah, good. Those are three important things. One God, three persons, equal in power and glory, equal in every respect. But somebody might say, okay, I hear that. Thank you for quoting the Westminster Shorter Catechism. I expected you to do that. Uh, But where do you actually see that in the Bible? 
Yeah, the, so the the term Trinity, you will not if you look look through your Bible, you'll never find the word I'm Trinity. Not find it, yeah. But you'll see this this dynamic. You'll see these statements expressed very clearly. Mm-hmm. It is a faithful way of describing what the Bible says about God, and by combining those statements together, we we make sense of how God has revealed Himself. So there are a few passages that talk about God being one, one God. Mm-hmm. Uh, Deuteronomy six four: uh, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. First uh, Corinthians eight, Isaiah forty four six. These all teach that there is one God. It's very clear and very explicit. But at the same time, Scripture also points out from the very beginning, uh, as in Genesis one, let us. God is saying, let us make man in our image. So there's this plurality there as well. Um, and there's other places. Uh, if you move on to the New Testament, where we see in in John one, it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. So alongside God, but the Word also was God. And yeah. so you see, again, this there's one God, but there is this plurality in there as well. Another example is Jesus' baptism. We see Jesus is being baptized. We see the Spirit descending as a dove, and we see the—and we hear the—we the, the, read of the Father speaking. And so you see these three persons— um, but also this evidence of one God. And so really what, what we're just doing is trying to do justice to the teaching of Scripture on what God is like. And we see this picture of there's one God, but then we also see this plurality, these three different persons. Yeah, so you get that Old Testament, New Testament. My mind goes to Matthew 28, the Great Commission. Jesus, when he sends out his disciples, he says, hey, go, go make disciples, baptize them in the name the name, singular, of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit. So Old Testament, New Testament, you see these all pouring out this idea, one God, three persons. I even think, Tim, you mentioned Genesis 1, when God says, let us make man in our own image. I think Genesis 1, 1 through verse 3, that's Trinitarian. Mm -hmm. In the beginning, God, and then it says, created the heavens and the earth, and God said, there's the word of God, And then what happens after that, you see the Spirit hovering over the waters. You have God the Father, God the Eternal Word, who's the Son, then you have the Holy Spirit. And all throughout Scripture, you see all three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, receiving worship, which is due to God alone. So then what you do is you you take all of these passages, and there's a lot more, right? Mm -hmm. And you put them all together, and the only way that all of them can be true, and the only way... To do that is by saying there are, and this is the the summary of the Westminster Shorter Catechism. There are three. There are three persons in the Godhead: the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. These three are one God, the same in substance, equal in power and glory. Yeah, and when you, the thing is, like, if you take isolated passages, and this is what's kind of hard when we use proof texts. Proof texts are great, but sometimes you have to take all of those proof texts and you have to look at them in full. So it's like when you're making a puzzle and it has like 500 pieces, if you just look at one piece, you're not going to really understand what that picture is. You actually have to put all 500 pieces together and then get a sense of the whole in order to get the full picture. And that's the same thing with the Trinity or who God is throughout the Bible. My favorite uh, statement that does that, that puts all these statements together um, and makes sense of it all is actually the Athanasian Creed. And what the Athanasian Creed does is it's it's actually pretty comprehensive in how to speak 
about the Trinity. So it does so in positive uh, language and then in negative. So it tells us uh, what God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are and what they are not. Mm-hmm. And it tells us uh, things like don't don't confound the three persons, or don't divide the substance. Uh, but um, it, it, it says the Father is uncreated, the Son is uncreated, and the Holy Spirit is uncreated. Uncre- and so the Father is incomprehensible, the Son is incomprehensible, the, and so those, those, and the Holy Spirit is incomprehensible. Those are the, the positive things, but it also tells us um, that the, the Father is not the Son, yeah. and the yep. Son is not the Holy Spirit, right? And, and um, so warning us against language that confounds and confuses the persons of the Trinity. That isn't accurate to Scripture. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yep. And the reason I think this is so important, so we live in a very pluralistic society. Um, I recently saw a survey, it's called the State of Theology Survey, and it it gives a statement, and then people either strongly agree, agree, are neutral, strongly or disagree, or strongly disagree. And a good majority of Americans and even American evangelicals, when asked this question, strongly agree. The question is this, or the statement is this, God accepts the worship of all religions, including Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. That's a statement that most people are sympathetic to that agree with it, but how does the Trinity speak to that? Yeah, in in the early church, um, if we go back to church history and look at what has been believed from the beginning, um, they they thought about this a lot because they lived surrounded by other cultures that had other gods that were mm-hmm. in in uh, many cases polytheistic, which means multiple gods, not one god in three persons, but multiple gods. And they recognized and and paid often with their lives. Um, they recognized the reality that not all of these are the same thing. Mm-hmm. In our culture, we'll often look at religion. And say, well, they're they're all basically the same thing, just in varying degrees. So religion A, B, and C, and D, they're they they have some differences, but those aren't very significant. At the end of the day, they're all basically saying the same thing, and all of those people are worshiping the same God. No big deal, but that's not what the early church thought. They recognized that Christianity was unique. No other religion said God came became a human and came to die for the sins of his people. God took on flesh to live the life we couldn't live, and that he's come to live within his people, the church, and and to change us. No one else thought that. None of the other religions around Mm -hmm. them said that. Our God is not just one more God in a pantheon of gods, nor is he the same as one of your gods by another name. No, he is utterly unique because he is the only God, it's it, we're we're all sitting here, you know. My name is Tim. Your name is Daniel. Your name is Aaron. It would be silly to say, well, you're those are just names. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're basically the same. <laughs> you're, you're basically the same. Thing. You're you're basically same thing. The same we're talking people. about all the same Tim. Yeah, exactly. And that, no. that that point brings up a really good point because I heard a there was this kind of uh, ecumenical roundtable that I, I listened to one time, and there was a Muslim, a Jew, a Christian, and a Sikh, and a questioner got up and said, you know you guys have talked all night, you have all these disagreements, you all worship the same God though, right? And it was actually a Jewish man who stood up and he objected and said, no, 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 we don't. We do not worship Jesus. Let's be very clear. Like, we do not worship Jesus in any respect. The Muslim said, no, Allah is the only God. 
we don't believe the same thing that that Jews and Christians, we, we believe that that's a distortion of the one God. And all of these guys pointed out, you know, it sounds nice to say we all believe the same thing and worship the same God, but actually what these guys pointed out, that's actually deeply offensive. That's really offensive because it doesn't appreciate all the real differences between religions. A Muslim is offended because they don't worship Jesus. They don't think he's a God. A Sikh doesn't believe in Jesus or the Holy Spirit or the Father. So to say, hey, you all believe the same thing, that really strikes at people who have deep convictions about these things. And it's profoundly offensive. It's it's probably the equivalent in our society of saying, oh, you're a Republican, you're a Democrat. <laughs> you guys basically believe the same thing. Why can't you just get along? We just, no, we actually have really real differences here. So, yeah. And if you think about the fact of what we sing at Deer Creek and at many churches, think about the, um, some songs that we sing. We sing about the Trinity. We mm-hmm. sing God in three persons, blessed Trinity, the words of the hymn, holy, holy, holy. Or if you think about the doxology, praise the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. So if you can sing those, you, can't, you cannot say that other religions worship the same God as you. If, if you say the Athanasian Creed, which I alluded to earlier, or the Apostles' Creed, which we read often in our worship, or the Nicene Creed, which we also read often in our worship— you can't say we all worship the same God because this doctrine is what makes us distinct from other religions. It's what sets us apart of, of um, describing the God that we worship mm-hmm. as being triune. Yeah, so that's good. We've answered what the Trinity is, what it means, and we've discussed why it makes Christianity unique, especially from other religions. Maybe another question here is, how how do we misunderstand it, though? Because a lot of people maybe have an idea of the Trinity— but they actually misunderstand it or misapply it. What are some of those ways? Yeah, I think of just even in um, common uh, day, like in, in today's day, we have a lot of really strange analogies that I think we need to get away from, like ice, water, steam, stuff like yeah. that. Yep. Um, and I and, once taught my youth group that and uh-oh. had to go back and say, uh-oh. I actually disbelieve everything that I yeah. said. I'm Don't sorry. listen to any of Yeah, yeah. exactly. No. I, and, and Never right. listen to me again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, anytime we have an analogy, I think I think we need to just stop there. <laughs> the Trinity there's is a like, lot. There's a yeah. lot. I mean, there's like the egg, right? It's yeah. the shell, the membrane, and the yolk. And yeah, I taught the... that once to the youth, by the way. So. <laughs> did you? Yeah, I did. Okay. I there's did. the fan Not blade. Not here, but at a different church. Yeah. yeah, there's a fan blade with like, you know, the three blades. It, it looks like it's three blades when it stopped, but when you wow. start it, it's one, you know, <laughs> when it's spinning. I've never heard that one. I've heard the other two. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. All analogies aren't good. Yeah, let's, yeah let's not they're analogize. just not good. Yeah. And it, the best way to go about this is just to simply state it. And this is why I said earlier, the creeds and confessions shine mm-hmm. best uh, on this doctrine. They give us the language. They give yeah. us the language. Start there. And it's going to be confusing. It's going to be hard. And just keep working through it. And I think in church history, um, the most common, and it, and it keeps reoccurring, by the way, is Arianism. So this is a heresy in, that was in the the, um, the third and fourth century. And and just to sum it up, it's, it's essentially this. God the Son was created. In fact, he was the first created being, but he is not really equal with God the Father. He, he is just a creature. He is a created one of the Father. So he is a great creature, to be sure, but he is not God. That's a summary of Arianism. Yep. So they... 
they did not hold to the view that the Son is the same substance as God, nor did they believe that Jesus is equal in power and glory because he's, he's just created. God created him, and so he's not equal. Strike one, two, three. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, Daniel, why does this matter, though? So there are some who are, who are going to be listening to this, and um, they might be asking— Arianism, yeah. Why yeah, does Arianism matter? Yeah, yeah. why does Arian uh-huh. even matter? What, what's the difference? What, what, what if I believe that? Who cares? Yeah, and it, this, this strikes— Deeply, and this is actually with all you know Trinitarian heresies, right? All of them, in some way, strike at what Christianity is. You know, most actually, I'll make this claim: all religions, except for Christianity, say if you're a good enough person, you might make it to heaven. That's what all religions say. God just wants us to be good. Christianity says the exact opposite. Christianity says we need to be saved. God does not just necessarily care about us being good. No, he he has let us know we need to be saved. You see this in the book of Romans. Paul says, for the wages of sin is death, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So Christianity isn't be a better person, do these things, God will be happy with you. No, Christianity is we are sinful persons. We fail to do what's pleasing to God. And because of that, we deserve death and judgment. So this goes directly to the Trinity. What we need to be saved from our sin and from God's judgment, for that, we need Jesus. We need God, not just as a good person who's better than all other persons that we emulate and follow. Like a supremely created being, That's right. right. Yeah. That's right. He's not just an ethical paradigm. Instead, we need Jesus, who's a divine Savior, a God who takes on human flesh, a God who takes sin upon himself, God who dies for sinners who deserve God's punishment. We need God to live a perfect life in our place. We need God to do that for us. That's why we need Jesus, the Son of God, truly God, truly man. So this goes directly to the heart of Christianity, the gospel, right? And, um, you know, a, a question that to follow up, there's, there's other historical um, ways that we can misunderstand, other heresies that we've misunderstood, the Trinity. What, what's another one that probably stands out in your guys' mind? Modalism. Modalism is a mm-hmm. popular one, uh, and uh, again, even today. And that is the idea that there's one God, um, and the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Those are just simply different representations, or a popular way of saying that is different manifestations of one God. Or masks. Or masks. Like God just was mm-hmm. wearing the Father mask in the Old Testament, then the Jesus mask when yep. Jesus came, and then now he's wearing the Holy Spirit mask. Yep, yep. So what that's getting at is that there is one person, right, of the Godhead, one person. And um, and so in, they would say stuff like in the Old Testament, God, yeah, just like you said, they, God just revealed himself, or he just manifested himself. Um this is this is a thing in in um, a, a sect called um, oneness Pentecostalism. Yeah, Pentecostal um, circles. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. And so, um, and and it and it really just uh, fails to recognize that there are three distinct persons of the Trinity. Yeah. Yeah, and and it breaks down pretty quickly. If you wanted to look somewhere um, that would argue against that in the Bible, we see at Jesus' baptism. All three persons of the Trinity are present at the same time. Jesus is being baptized. Uh, the Spirit descends, we're told, as a, as a dove, and the Father speaks from heaven. All there at the same place, same time, seeing the, the representation of the three persons. It's not like 
Jesus disappeared so that the Spirit could descend, and then the, the Spirit stopped descending so that the Father uh-huh. could speak. No, they're all there at, at the same moment. One time. Yep. I, I actually want to go back real quick, because I, I think we do have a little, a little bit of time, um, on Arianism. Actually, um, a modern-day uh, example of Arianism is Mormonism. Yeah, that's true. Um, yep. And uh, that, that's actually—I I was just thinking about um, what you were saying about— um, uh, just the confusion of, um, you know, of, of actually, I'm thinking about what I said now to come to think about it. Because <laughs> there's this gave, great thought that I, I had. I have this great thought that in I had. The past. You know, and that that is actually what Mormons would teach is that, that Jesus that is created. Jesus created. Yep. Yep. Yeah, he, that that he um, that that yeah, he he's a created being, and he's you know he's he's a very good created being. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, really great, uh, really the great. Best. But he he is not equal with the Father um, in the Godhead. So, yep. so and no created being can save us. Exactly. No created being can save yep, us. Yep. An- another passage uh, that goes against this this modalism of God's just appearing in different forms um, is uh, it's it's the Great Commission in in Matthew twenty eight. We see that it, it says um, that people should be baptized in the name singular of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. which would be the incorrect way of talking. Um, right. <laughs> you should say in the names. Mm-hmm. But it, it actually says in, in the Greek, uh, the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And you, you see, again, that, that concept of the Trinity clearly expressed in one line. There's one God, the name, mm-hmm. and in three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah, that's good, guys. Well, uh, now we are running out of time, but maybe we can end just by this. I have this uh, quote from Immanuel Kant that I'm paraphrasing, but he basically said, the Trinity is the most impractical doctrine of all Christian doctrines. Yeah, speak to that. Do we agree? Well, here's the thing. Every act of the Bible, of every act of God in the Bible, rather, it's Trinitarian. Mm-hmm. So we see the Trinity president, pre- present at creation. Yep. We see the Trinity present at redemption. Um, in our in in our call to worship in our in our description of worship in scripture we have um, we lift up our worship to God through the redemptive work of the Son and through the work of the Holy Spirit who's stirring our affections and stirring our hearts to worship God together and um, so yeah th- this is all stuff that that we need to be aware of um, and and it actually does work out practically especially like I said in our worship and understanding all of scripture absolutely yeah. And I've already made mention of it, but we need God to bring us to God. We need God to be our mediator. Yeah. Timothy, uh, in, in the book First uh, Timothy, Paul writes that um, there is one mediator between God and man, the God-man Christ Jesus. So if, if we want to be saved, and that's a pretty practical thing, uh, pretty important. we yeah. need Jesus to be God, and we need Jesus to send us the Holy Spirit to live inside of us, who is God himself as well, the Holy Spirit, the third third person of the Trinity. So, yeah, I, I don't think it gets more practical than that. Yep, and um, one last thing, I would just say, this this is how God has revealed himself. So we, if we want to have a relationship with him as he actually is, as he has revealed himself, we, we need to relate to him and understand him as a Trinity, um, as the Trinity. Um, and, and I think we need to be careful. Oftentimes we um, take our own experience or ourselves and we extrapolate out to God as if, mm-hmm. you know, if it makes sense to me and it's important to me and I understand how it relates to me, then it can be important as a thing. When in reality, God is God 
and then we find our importance and our significance and the way things relate to us in light of who he is. That's a good way to put not it. Not the other way around. Yeah, that's a really good way to put it. Just to um, close with the reminder of the, just the summary of the Westminster Shorter Catechism, question six, we need to be reminded and remember that there are three persons in the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one God, the, the same in substance, equal in power, and glory. That's a good that's a good way to to end it. We'll put a period on it there. Again, if you want to read more about the doctrine of God, of the Trinity, pick up Knowing God by J.I. Packer that's on the next steps table. Also pick up a copy of What We Believe. That's also on the next steps table. It's a small green booklet. Uh, that goes along with uh, everything that we mention in the Westminster Confession of Faith, the Westminster Shorter Catechism. So make sure to pick that up and be sure to join us next time on Simply Disciples. For uh, Tim and Aaron, take care, Deer Creek. We'll see you next time.